Truer Alone, Part 5. Can I ask you something? What do you want to know? Is this it? Is it going to be over soon? Well, she's still got most of her stuff here, so what would you make of that? I wish she'd hurry up. I just want it all gone so I can... I think I need some time to just rot in my house, alone, let all the emotions out. I know. I think you can for a while, but not long. You don't stop working as much through this. Great. You won't be alone. You have me. I know. Can I ask you something else? Does mustn't ask me too much. Wouldn't want to disturb the timeline now, would we, McFly? I'm being serious. All you have to offer is jokes. I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. I just spent the past six years playing driver for someone else. I don't know anyone who's been through anything like this or felt all these emotions as intensely as I'm feeling it. At the same exact moment, I can be self-loathing and still self-optimistic, yearning to be in a social setting and also anti-social pessimist. I literally argue with myself in the mirror, in my head. I don't know anyone I can really talk in depth to about all of this, especially, you know, I do know. But let's put that to the side for now. We can't... We, we should wait to share that part of the story. Why? I don't... I don't know if I can hold this in too much longer. I know. But we're not just telling this story for you now. We have a lot more people listening. Some of them because they care about you and others who probably need this. But all of them might learn something from this, hopefully. I know you feel lost and like you don't even know where to take your first step, but you're already walking. Yeah, in place, getting nowhere. See, that's not even fair. I look back on what you just did in the biggest plot twist of your life. You handled that so noble and honorably. You should be proud of yourself handling that without anyone telling you how to because the further this goes on, you're going to have a lot of people telling you what you should do. And I need you to stay strong through that. Don't be tempted by their ideas. Stay true to who you are. What do you mean by that? You know what I mean. Don't become cold. Don't be tempted by others' ideas and your anger. People might enjoy the anti-hero, but you stay strong. Don't be like anyone else. Be you. That's what'll make you shine. I will warn you. It's going to get tougher. Fuck. 
Well, then maybe I'm not... No. No. Please don't say that. I know what you're going to say. Don't. This summer is going to be life-changing. Okay? Like, the greatest in a really long time. But first... She's coming back. Yeah. I'm gonna take it back over here. So anyway, Delaney was going to come back. She had a bunch of her stuff she needed to get. In the meantime, Lisa had texted Samuel that Phil had asked to work things out between them. Cheating is disgraceful, but they are expecting a child. This may be a personal opinion, but no one deserves to have to allow their cheating partner a second chance. You are worthy of too much love than to settle for any less. Lisa wasn't doing it for herself though, but for her kids. They had her whole heart now. Anyway, Delaney also told Samuel things between her and Phil were done and she would be moving in with Sarah over in South Carolina and securing a job over there as well when she got licensed in the state. She would call Samuel in the mornings to hang out over the phone and talk about the ongoing celebrity couple's court case. Some people talk about the weather. They were talking about this. It was something to bond over. They had always pretty much seen eye to eye when it came to topics concerning morals and social issues. Much like many other people paying attention to the case, they found the ex-wife to be the guilty party, especially Delaney. She spoke of it so passionately. This is kind of a foreshadowing time period for something later on, but of course that'll be revealed in due time. Samuel had been easing into his new routine. He was tired before but forcing himself to wake up after getting an estimated three to four hours of sleep each night was obviously not taking off well. He started taking melatonin, which he had always been hesitant about. He found it to not be as dramatic an effect as other people had shared, but it made it easier to actually fall asleep when he was actually trying to. He started having a lot of weird dreams, some of them completely bizarre, like Starring in an action movie with a bartender from work while riding cyborg dolphins that shoot cannons, bizarre. He also had a lot of realistic ones, too. There was one he had more than once. Different scenery, but the same script. Delaney would be in a room he would walk into. She would be visibly angry or annoyed. Samuel would kneel in front of her in the dream. She would look at him in disgust and say, You left me alone. Samuel went back and forth with himself. Would she have stayed in love with him if he was around more? Even though she said she didn't mean all those things she said before, they still resonated with him. Yeah, she cheated. But was he the reason why? Was he not loving or around enough that she felt she needed to go seek it somewhere else? He was conflicted. He wished he had been around more. He really wanted to be. All day he would wonder what she was doing, if she was okay, and what he'd be doing if he could be home with her instead. On the other hand, he needed to work a lot just to keep his head above water. 
Some weeks, bills would hit and everything he made for the week would clean out both of their accounts that he had just deposited into. There was one night when he checked their accounts to find his hefty, hard-earned deposits had been deteriorated by bills. He had something like a panic attack. He didn't want Delaney to see, so he went to the dude of the dishes before she could notice. But partway through, she came into the kitchen for a snack. Samuel? Are you okay? She asked. I, uh... He hesitated to answer. I'm sorry, he said. It's okay, she said. Why are you crying? It's just... It's just I don't understand, he said. I just deposited so much money and it's... It's like I never did. I don't understand where it goes. He began to sob. It's, it's just like, where does it go? She said nothing. She did nothing. She stood in the entryway of the kitchen and watched him as he held himself over the sink, crying. It didn't end when she left him either. Yes, she cheated, but her bills were still coming to the house. She was still unemployed. Samuel had brought up the bills to her while she was gone. He was fine paying for things they had together, like the phone bill and Netflix. All she did was thank him for paying for her bills for the time being until she got a job. He was kind of so used to doing it already, and he knew if she didn't or couldn't pay them that they'd fall back on him anyway, so he kept doing it to help her. He didn't want her to go off on her own in a bad financial spot before getting a job. She was freshly graduated, so... Hopefully that was going to come soon. It didn't take long for Tuna to become a drag to eat, but he was doing what he needed to pinch pennies. Having only himself to be buying groceries for helped a lot. Samuel needed to find a way to make the Tuna work. He wasn't sure if he saw it on YouTube or in a TikTok, but he had an idea one day. He took a serving of minute rice and let that cook. Once it was cooked, but still had some moisture to it, he added an egg to it, mixing it in as it cooked. Then he added a drained can of tuna. He mixed that all up and put it on his favorite dinner plate with some um, sriracha drizzled on top. But not too much. He liked spicy food, but he was on a budget. Presentation probably got a C-. Some would probably say it looked like prison food. But Samuel wasn't picky. It was a cheap meal, nutritious and easy to put down without losing his appetite. Delaney drove back the day before Memorial Day. The house was straightened up and smelled great. He was prepared for her return. Everything in the bedroom remained the same though. Her clothes were packed in the closet and the big dresser was filled with her clothes too. He was putting his foot down though. He was going to be her friend when she came back. Things didn't have to be terribly uncomfortable. If there was ever a time to really show how true his love and care for her was, it was now. Now, when most people who get cheated on would be throwing clothes and boxes out of windows. They'd been going around telling everyone that their ex-partner was a horrible person, and Samuel didn't want to do any of that. He always had, and would always have, a heart for her. He wasn't in love with her, because those aren't the same thing. 
but considering her hardships she had in life and the goals she wanted to achieve. He wanted her to accomplish those and to walk with her head held high, being confident in her worth as an individual. But this was just his house now. She was not going to be the one granting him permission to share the bed. It was his bed. He was not assertive by nature. He was quite the opposite. So the thought of making her sleep on the couch scared him. When she arrived, he was watching TV. He wasn't sure whether to greet her at the door or to stay and watch TV on the couch as if he totally couldn't just see her pull in from the spot he was sitting on. He didn't want her to think he was acting weird, but he also wanted her to stay to be nice. He wanted to get along. He greeted her at the door to the garage. He decided it wasn't weird. He was just being nice. Hey, he said as she stepped in. Hey, she said back. She was looking down as if to already be feeling bad for being there and after being caught and all. Samuel reached out to hug her and she leaned in. They held each other for a second. Her hug got tighter around him a few seconds in. I'm just watching TV, he said. I'm re-watching Outer Banks before the second season comes out. Oh, that's nice, she replied, already off to a slightly awkward start. Do you want to watch with me? He offered. Sure, she said. They sat for a bit, but she was visibly uncomfortable. She kept looking down at her lap and sighing on occasion. She was also definitely texting someone. Him? Maybe. But Samuel didn't want to worry about that. He couldn't enjoy his show. He could hardly pay attention. He was too busy wondering if she was okay. How about we go for a walk? I, I mean, it's nice out. It's golden outside, he said. Okay, yeah, it is pretty out, she said. They went down the street and took a turn here and there. It was a nice little neighborhood. The town itself gets a bad rep for being the trashiest in the county, but it's actually a lot nicer than people give it credit for. The houses aren't that big, but you can tell a lot of people take pride in what they have and take care of it. Some of the houses, even the smallest ones, look like something out of a home and garden magazine. The houses that sit by the lakeside, those are the bigger and nicer ones. Samuel and Delaney went to go look at the ones that have been under construction and renovation to see the progress. The houses were pretty. The lake was sparkling. The sun was glowing on the dust and pollen particles that filled the air, giving everything an orangey golden tint. Nature is the most beautiful revelation of God. Samuel noticed Delaney start lagging behind. Hey, are you okay? He asked her. Yeah, I'm fine, she said. Just not sure what to think right now. Feel bad. Samuel patted his hand on her back. He wasn't sure what to do either, but he wanted to try. Look, I know this could be difficult, and what you're going through is pretty heavy, but I'm not going to make it harder on you. I really do care about you regardless. I've always been your biggest fan. I meant that, and I'm proud of everything you've accomplished. I just want what's best for you. Thank you, Samuel, she replied. 
I appreciate that. Let's just have a good time while you're here. This doesn't have to be as tough as it could be, he said. Can we head back? She asked. Sure, he answered. So they headed back. Samuel was getting hungry. He asked Delaney, and she said she was too. He whipped up his recent tuna egg and rice creation for both of them, and they ate the table in the backyard under the canopy. It was hot, but you can't beat having nice weather to enjoy. She inquired what the ingredients were, and he listed them out. He could tell she wasn't too keen on the appearance, but after tasting it, she seemed genuine when she told him it was good. They had a chuckle about how it kind of did look like prison food. So, I hired an attorney to write us dissolution papers, Samuel told her. He had asked her before if she was doing anything to initiate their separation since she's the one who wanted this. But after waiting and the affair coming to the surface, he took action into beginning the process for the both of them. You, you got an attorney? She asked, almost sounding defensive. Yeah, but not like that. He's the one writing the dissolution. If we're doing a dissolution, our decision is mutual. We just split everything on our own, Samuel explained. So by split everything, basically, I get my clothes and stuff and my car, and that's it, she pointed out. I mean, yeah, but like, Samuel began, until she interrupted him. I don't get anything we were gifted from our wedding. No dishes, no silverware, no towels. I have to start all over and I can't even if I wanted to because I can't just take my stuff and fill up Sarah's place, she said. Samuel was beginning to feel bad. Yeah, she wanted this. But it was seeming unfair. If it really was going to be an issue, she could take dishes and towels if she really wanted to. He didn't want to be possessive. All he wanted was his house, since he was the one who paid for it. He didn't have a response for her. He just felt bad. Everybody has been telling me I've been cold-hearted, she began, making another point. If I really wanted to be cold-hearted, I could be. This was a side to her he'd never seen before. Was she actually threatening him? Was that what this was? What do you mean by that? He asked, feeling his heart sink in fear. I mean, if I really wanted to, I could take half of all of this. But I'm not going to, and no one is considering that, she answered. But you, he started to say before she cut him off again, I know, I cheated. I know I did this, and that is something I'll have to live with for the rest of my life. But also, the signs were all there. You can't say you didn't see it. But I, I paid for everything. That was my life savings I put into this house. And I paid for most of the wedding, he professed. And how, how could I see anything? All I do is go to work and sleep. Samuel was around at night to be with her just before bed. 
He did ask her about him at one point, but she denied having anything more than some gamer friendship with Phil. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying in any divorce, regardless of the circumstances, the divorcee is entitled to half of everything. We're in a no-fault state, she argued. It sounded like she had done some research. Samuel was not prepared for this. She already broke his heart. She broke his trust, too. He was scared he couldn't trust her word in not trying to take him for half of everything. And you didn't pay for everything. I paid for my dress and I helped with bills, she furthered. On paper, she wasn't wrong. But remember, Samuel was working so much, hustling and raking in cash, making deposits into both of their checking accounts, even when she had a job. It might have been her banking information, but it was his money. He carried their whole livelihood on his back. Now she was professing an entitlement to half of everything. He couldn't determine if it was her being greedy or if what she was claiming was actually what was fair. But he didn't like the way it was being presented to him. Suddenly, she looked very different. This was a completely different person. The Delaney that he knew cared about him more than to do him like this. He was certain of two things now. He was definitely no longer in love with the person in front of him. And she was now the person he feared the most. That night, he went to the gym and she went for a drive. She didn't have a job still, so he had to spot her gas money. He got back right before she did, with just enough time to prepare the couch to be her bed for the night. He felt bad putting his foot down, especially after being half-threatened earlier. He felt like he could potentially be walking on thin ice, but this was his house. She was the guest now, not a resident, and this was his bed in his room. He was not going to give up his territory, as scary as it seemed to be bold, and he was not going to share the bed with this former lover who now lusted another man. She looked baffled at first with the sight of her temporary bed, but he didn't leave Gap to talk about it. He walked away and shut his bedroom door. In the morning, he woke up to her coming into his room and greeting him at his bedside. I'm going to go, she said. I've packed as much into my car as I could, but I still have a lot here. Did you leave room for the cats, he asked. I was wondering if you would watch them for me until I get a place of my own, she stated, as in not even asking. I can't have them at Sarah's. I'll watch them for you for now, but they're your cats. They've just been hiding from me since you've been gone, he said. I know, she replied. She had nothing else to say. He was nervous she might have tried to take advantage of the time he was sleeping so she could pack whatever she wanted to take without his discretion. At the same time, he didn't want to seem paranoid and aggressive in front of her. She just kind of stood there staring at him for a second doing nothing. He lifted an arm to hug her and she reached back. I'll be back sometime for the rest of my stuff. I don't know when though. 
Okay, he said. Be safe driving. Text me when you get there if you want. I will, she said. Bye, Samuel. And she was out the door. He could hear the garage door shutting. He got out of bed to examine the house and see what she took. She did take some of her clothes and shoes with her. She didn't take any dishes, but she did take the pressure cooker, and she also took the PS4, the device that enabled her to date Phil. She really knew where her priorities were. Walking, packing, I guess. That's it? That's how you're ending this part? Or it's just the... It, it's not over, it's just this part. Are we not even gonna talk about this? We can talk about it, I'm just telling what happened. You never just let me process this anything. Yes, I do. We can talk about it. Every time, you immediately try to calm me down, like, I can't just have a fucking moment. Like, this is so heavy. None of this I'm sorry, is... I just hate seeing you upset. What's even the point in fucking telling the story? People want to know what you're going through. No one gives a fuck about what I'm going through. Are you kidding me with that bullshit? No, I'm not. You say I've got all this support, whatever. You do. No, I don't. You're not listening to me. Who's reaching out unless I reach you out first? You have to make the first move with no, sometimes, No, Samuel. I'm done. Why does it seem like everything has to fall back on me? Samuel, you're not thinking clearly Would you just about shut this. up? Samuel, hear me out. No, shut up. Okay. I am so fucking tired. Do you even know what I mean by that? I'm tired of working. I'm tired physically. I'm tired of building my hopes up in people. I'm tired of being fucking lonely. Did you really believe me earlier when I said I wanted to just stay home and be alone? I don't want that. I want people. I want company. I feel like I'm too weird or annoying and people bring me around and then they need a break from me. Then time goes by and no one checks up on me. Offers to come over. They invite me out, but they don't understand how I scrape by and I can't afford anything outside of what's already going on here. And then they take it personally and say, I don't want to hang out with anyone. I probably shouldn't have even gotten that gym membership, but I'm keeping that because it gives me a better feeling than sitting around crying about people that don't give a fuck about me. Samuel. What? Just listen for a second. I told you. I've been further ahead in the future. Well, then maybe you forgot. Or maybe you're just fucking full of it. How can you say... How can you say it gets worse, but you keep on defending all these people who aren't even around? They aren't thinking about me. I know they do, Samuel. They think so highly of you. I... I think... I... I think they put you on a pedestal... Not in the sense of something to make you cocky, but in the sense of they think you're such a great guy that they assume you're doing fine and and you're above all this and strong enough to make it through. They don't think I'm great. They don't think I'm great. They 
only think I'm great out of pity because of what I've been fighting to overcome. And they only know half the story. I haven't even told anybody else. Take away all this shit I'm up against and what's left. What do you think makes me so great? And if you answer that, you're not being completely honest because at the end of the day, I am an afterthought. I am forgettable. I don't want to be alone, but I feel alone. And so manifesting that here in this house satisfies something in me because at least my environment matches how I feel. So what? Is this about control? Fuck that. I have... I have not had any say in this. I never had any control, ever. If anything, everyone's been reminding me how much of a pushover I was. You said my life isn't over. I don't... I don't believe that. Control. <laughs> I want to experience life. I want to know what something that is real feels like. And I want to feel better about myself. I want to feel better about myself. I'm sorry. I want to believe how you see me, but I can't. Just don't see it like you do. Be honest with me, and don't even sugarcoat it to pacify me. No one can help me through this, can they? You... You have people to lean on. Honest, honestly, maybe not as much as you really could use. But they are there. But yeah. This is... Gonna be a journey conquered on your own. Everything you're going through is giving you something to help you change. To use on your own. To use, maybe to even help someone someday. I'm becoming numb. I know. And I know what you're also thinking, but... Samuel, you're better than that. Don't doubt what you're capable of accomplishing. I told you. We have the summer ahead. I promise you're gonna have a good time. 